Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Secrets of the Sire. We do this every Wednesday night, 8 p.m. Eastern on the Sire Studios digital network. That is secretsofthesire.com, youtube.com slash secretsofthesire, facebook.com slash secretsofthesire, twitch.tv slash secretsofthesire, and we are also on radiopublic.com and blogtalkradio.com. Tonight, Spider-Man, Far From Home, reviews, reaction, and end credit scene breakdown. I am your host. Michael Dolce, as always, brought to you by the Lord of the Radio himself. Well, it's not really brought to you by. Just yeah, here. I don't know. Where, where you... You're just here. You're yeah. Here. How are you feeling, my man? You're under the weather. Yeah, oh, Lord of the Radio. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. You want to do that again? <laughs> <laughs> no, I think that's good. I think that's good. I think we'll take it. How are you feeling? Terrible. Yeah, I know you've been sick since Thursday, so you are going to end up hearing from me for the most part. All, yeah, all. probably. So we are in the midst, midst, the midst, the midst. With the take that, Rick yes. Marshall, copy editor, extraordinaire, um, of Who's potentially that? the best. I don't even. I don't want to say the best time in our lives because it's not what I mean. This is has been the best month for content that has actually delivered in the entire 2019. Okay. And this is what I mean by that. All right. We were, we were promised game of Thrones, big ending, a lot of question marks on how good that ended up being. Avengers Endgame delivered for a lot of people, but was not really, I, to me, not a home run. Captain Marvel, good movie. Shazam, good movie. Hellboy, meh. The release of Stranger Things, which we covered in last week's podcast and we will be reviewing next week. And the release of Spider-Man Far From Home, to me, is a back-to-back -back slam dunk of actual hype, content, delivery. And I don't mean that it's a one-word hype content delivery. I mean, it was hyped up, the content came out, and it delivered. Watch it. I, I literally was in a terrible mood the last couple days, too, because I'm probably going to need knee surgery at the end of the year. It's very exciting. Probably tore my ACL. Uh, doctor thinks so. MRI will confirm that. So, yay, show from my bed. Was that your terrible news? That's my terrible news, yes. Uh, uh, same knee. Same knee, operated on 16 years ago, and you might recall I was at Wizard World Chicago on crutches, uh, walking around the entire convention center <coughs> when that that happened. So this 16 year, 16 years ago, I, I can't think back that far. <laughs> it was 2003, so you were definitely yeah, alive, no, and you were no. definitely working at uh, at Wizard at the time. Yeah, but heck no, if I can remember that. Yeah, so I was. I was literally like just in a like a not a not a like an angry mode, but I was I think I was in the depression mode, <laughs> you know the, the seven stages of uh, of acceptance because I've I've torn this knee before, like I said, and the the rehab is just going to be killer, you know. No one likes getting surgery. No one likes you know just the inconvenience of it all is also a factor. I go in to see Spider Man. I come out. I just got a big smile on my face. I mean, I literally cannot think of a single thing outside of maybe I mean really nitpicky things like they don't use the word spider sense at all they make a joke about it 
that was wrong with this movie. It was not only a fantastic uh, experience, fantastic film, took me back to my love of Spider-Man, took me back to the original Tobey Maguire feel, but was better than, I think, even Spider-Man 2. The villain was... The, the actual film itself was top-notch. The villain was top-notch. Jake Gyllenhaal really delivered for me. <clears throat> Love the technology angle to it. By the way, this is a spoiler-filled review, so if you haven't seen Spider-Man Far From Home, keep watching and keep listening. Subscribe to us on YouTube, youtube.com slash Secrets of the Sire. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Instagram, at Sire Studios. The tech end of Jake Gyllenhaal was fabulous. The backstory tied into Tony Stark was fantastic. I literally can't think, you know, of a, of a thing that was wrong with it. I mean, it really, to me, just really delivered. So much to the point, we'll get into this a little later in the show, it was way, way better than Avengers Endgame. I think it was the best movie I've seen all year. Your thoughts, Hassan? Uh, I don't think that. No? No. What do we, what's, what is your hot take on this film? I don't really have a hot take on it. I think it was a good film. But the best film, you know, better than all the other films that you've seen all year? No. Not, not, I don't agree with that. You, so I, the only film I can think that you think might be better is Endgame. Is there another film besides Endgame that you think was better this year that you've seen? New film too. I mean, that's something you you, know, you kind of like discovered that was out. Yeah, there's a couple of them, but we we haven't covered them. So well, it's okay. You can you can you can say that here. I think John Wick was a better film than this one. You know. Okay. Never, you know you know it's funny. Love the first John Wick. Couldn't get through the second one. I just just didn't have it in me for some reason. And I love Keanu Reeves, and I loved the first John Wick. Uh, so John Wick three will be a made a made for uh, HBO Saturday Night film for me in a couple months. After I watch, finish watching the second one. But anyway, continue. Yeah. Well. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah, I did think Endgame was a better movie. It was a better event. It's a better reason for me to leave my house and go to a go to the movie theater. Don't disagree um, with you. Event. Absolutely a bigger event. Oh boy. Delivery. Uh, movie. Yeah, you're 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 better story. Better your parsing of of these uh, of of those terms is just always been a point of contention with me. So, um, suffice it to say, I disagree. Mm-hmm. I think it was a good movie. A uh, better than Spider Man Two? Heck no! Really? No, not a chance. I. It's a good movie. I'm happy for Tom Holland. I think it deserves the hype that it's getting. Yeah. I think it deserves to do as well as it's doing. Mm-hmm. I'm happy again that the uh, the time of the 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 MCU brand has not ended. Yeah. You know, no, it's it's stronger than ever. I don't think it's stronger than ever, but it's still strong. Um. But I do I do predict that that time is drawing to a close you think so because i actually it's it's funny you mention that because there is a report and i'll dig it up as you keep talking uh that suggests that spider-man shows that it's it's nowhere near being closed okay uh, but there's you know they said trump would never be president 
<laughs> so they say a lot of things. Uh, okay, I, I agree. Can't argue with the gut feeling. I have a gut feeling. Oh, so okay. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not saying you. it's going to be. I got you. It's not going to be over, but it's just it's not going to be. I mean, it's Teflon right now. It's not going to stay that way. This is no one's um, going to come along and be able to challenge it. Along with the fact that society is just going to get tired of this being the only game in town, which at the moment it's the only game in town. Yeah. So. Well, this is funny. This is coming from uh, from uh, Hollywood Reporter. Uh, Spider-Man has defeated this year's box office villain franchise fatigue. Uh, it made 185 million uh, in the box office, topping 580 globally in the first week. Um, it, it fell just behind 2011's Transformers: Dark Side of the Moon, uh, securing 93 million over the weekend versus Transformers for the exact same weekend. Uh, it's no secret that 2019 has been a rough year for sequels and franchise films. Not every franchise feature has flopped. Endgame, obviously. There have been a number of notable stumbles, including Men in Black, Fox's Dark Phoenix, the Godzilla reboot. Even bona fide hits like Toy Story 4 fell short of initial tracking numbers. Even if the film still opened big, Spider-Man's success shows that audiences aren't souring on big franchises just yet. It also proves the current power of the superhero boom. Increasingly, studios are turning to characters born in the pages of DC and Marvel Comics to power their big blockbusters, as Pamela McClintock notes just a decade ago in 2009 the top 10 highest grossing films did not include a single superhero movie this year so far the genre holds six of the top 10 spots everyone i think and, and there's another article that, that i don't need to pull up but i was reading about you know they're really concerned with uh you know how do you even battle how do you even go against disney at this point too because disney is also monopolizing all of the top you know franchises <laughs> and all of the the top yeah. spots won't last long. What's long? It's been 10 years now. It hasn't been 10 years that Disney has been dominating. It's been, um, the MCU has been a bankable um, franchise model and business model for over 10 years. So this is but also... It, it, hasn't, it hasn't been unbeatable. It hasn't been indomitable. There are so other things that have been able to compete with it. Uh, just, it's just at this point, it's at its peak where... And what it really is has nothing to do with uh, has nothing to do with movies really, or has any has nothing to do with the quality of movies that are coming out or comic book movies or anything like that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's, it's economic right now. Nobody has any money to go to fifty movies. Movies are expensive. Yeah, it's like going out to dinner every night or every week, and a lot of people, whether they like to admit it or not, don't have the money to do that. <coughs> Especially if you have a lot of these movies are, are big event movies, tentpole movies. You take your kids to them, and you know it's not like an adults only kind of situation. So you're talking about at least let's just say a dad who decides to leave his wife home, take the two kids. That's three tickets he's got to buy. Maybe sure. two, you know, one adult and two children. It's easily fifty dollars right. or more just to go to the movie. Right before you eat anything. Before you take them to the beach, before you do anything for your children, um, and a lot of people don't have that just for a movie. They're not going to justify that expense for a sure. movie. Sure. So that's another thing. So the market is flooded with all this content, but everybody's trying to make their nut off of a population that doesn't have a lot of money to spare, and it's a, it's been a faulty. Uh, 
business model for a long time because I mean you're, it's, it's price gouging. You know, we're we're gonna we're about to experience like the most severe epidemic of price gouging in our lifetime with all these streaming services that all sure, want. Yeah, right, right. Twelve. That, that will that, that market. Yeah, that market will correct itself too, though, because it's basically now. Yeah, but I you're mean, picking like, cable a la carte. And you're getting uh, what you know. That's basically what I've been saying about the market, about right. about Marvel, about monopolies and stuff like. It's not going to last long. It's a the, it's a bubble. But here's the bubble thing: will here's, first. He, I, you you are probably not wrong in that sense. That yes, it will eventually burst, but it will it it blow up or will it deflate? Uh, I think there's a difference there. And also, Stephen Galloway, this is from Hollywood Reporter, finds well, that competitors. Just, that's parsing though. To Disney. I mean, the the bottom line is it's not going to be what it is now. You're saying it's unbeatable. It's well, I'm saying that other studios oh. actually find it really there. So Stephen Galloway from Hollywood Reporter actually says that competitors to Disney are increasingly skeptical, choosing instead to pick their battles. They've got a movie out on all the best play dates. Former Sony Pictures Vice Chairman Jeff Balky, uh, sorry, Jeff Blake tells Galloway, yeah, Jeff Balky's a really nice colorist. He's a very good guy. Uh, you'd be crazy to put a big picture against them. Indeed, Disney now controls more than 35% of the domestic box office, more than two and a half times what it controlled a decade ago, and that number is expected to rise. So while that's my question to you, yes, obviously nothing, nothing lasts forever, but are they all of a sudden going to be, you know, like Blockbuster Video, which was, which was a huge booming business and then now, you know, is, is, is down to one store? No, I, I don't think that's ever going to happen. I know that's not what you're saying either, but I don't think there's going to be a huge bubble bursting with these MCU films. They're really well written. They're building off of one another. They just acquired the Fox properties. I honestly think we're in this for another five years now at this point, which given my history means that I've just doomed the entire comic book movie industry. Yes, you doomed it because there's a number of things that you said that were going to be really great that weren't. And there's a number of things you said that were going to be really bad that turned out to be great. But that's not what I'm talking about. Even five years, sure. But... That's not what I'm saying. I'm not saying that they're going to fall. I'm yeah. saying they're not going to be the only game in town for long. Something's, something is going to break. And then we're going to get the... These are patterns. You can see these patterns sure. over and over again. Then you're going to get... I mean, they've been talking about franchise fatigue. Well, let me ask you, though. Let me ask you. Or, yeah, I know. Let me finish. Like, they've Go been ahead. talking about franchise fatigue for about five years. Mm-hmm. They really want to push that narrative that it's franchise fatigue. Mm-hmm. It's not going to happen like that, you know. But I mean, they're looking. They're if you if you look at how they're starting to write their headlines, their right, clickbait, right. you can tell what the patterns are. That everybody's kind of waiting for it to break. They sure. just don't know where the break is going to be. Once you once the and the, the the populace is the one that's waiting for the break. Yeah, People who are paying for it? The financiers, technically, of right. this meteoric rise, are waiting for the break. Mm-hmm. So it's going to become a self-fulfilling prophecy. It's like um, it's like a panic market. Right? How much, all right, let me ask you this question, and this is, this is how I'll phrase it. Because I don't disagree with you. Look, everything, look, real estate is on a bubble again. You know, we just we went through this 10 years ago. It's back 10 years later. It's on a huge bubble. Because nobody learned anything. Uh, well, no, because we, we're human beings. We have patterns, and that's what ends up happening. I mean, it's, it's... Right, and one of the patterns is nobody learns anything. But <laughs> what are you saying? Within a year, one to two, three to five, because I think we're in this for the next five years. I, I'm saying, give me your guess. 
as an educator. I'm not going to guess on that. I'm not. I'm not doing that. I, I, I refuse to do that. I, I'm saying. I'm saying in context or in, res, in response to yours, it's bigger than better than ever. Yeah, but okay. But this is the thing. If I mean, you're using a lot of sensationalized. No, you're you're using a lot of uh, studio talk. A lot of right. uh, what what my friend used to call whammy talk. Call facts to describe this stuff. Oh. I bring facts to the equation. I bring research to the equation. No, the reason I'm asking you to take a guess, and I, I think you need to quantify what this is, is because then you, if you leave it unquantifiable, right, mm -hmm. you basically just say, well, oh, the bubble's going to burst. And it's eight years from now. And you're like, ah, see, I told you, the bubble's going to burst. I'd be like, dude, it's been eight years. Like, I oh, know, yeah, but I told you. I told it's you not it's a burst. contest. You asked me a question. I mean, you're making it seem like it's a contest, and then I'm not, I'm not, per, I'm not, I'm not correctly setting up the parameters, in which case I, I'm setting it up so I can win at any time. It's not a thing. It's a hunch that it's going to burn. It can't stay this way. Yeah, I, I, it's not a contest. I, but you know what? When, again, when you sit there and say it's going to burst, but you don't give any quantifiable terms, it's like, it's like a fortune teller being like, oh, I predicted the future. Remember when I said that really vague thing? Are you financially sorta... secure at the moment? Am I what? Are you financially secure at the moment? Uh, yeah, pretty good for now, I think. Do you think that's going to last indefinitely? Well, yes, because I'm awesome. So I'll always find a way. Do you think that's going to last indefinitely? Do I think it's going to last indefinitely? I think I will be able to eventually retire, whatever that means when I, when I get without there. any, Without having to adjust anything, without having to make any, any new decisions, just on the, on the course that you are now? It's tough to say because what I do... Smooth. What I do right now is always make new decisions, and I'm always looking to innovate. I'm always looking to do more things. So, so there's always so, something yes. that you have to do in order to kind of to kind of adjust your course. Sure. In order to continue to be on the path that you're on, right? Yes. So don't you think that's the same with just about everything? That they're not going to be able to continue to do this the way they've done it. So no, so at some point you're saying no more interconnected stories, no more interconnected universe, because that's. I'm not really saying. I'm saying it's not. I don't understand why you're trying to make a thing out of out of something that's not a thing. It's like straw man. I'm I'm saying it's not gonna it's not gonna be like this forever. Well, yes, it's okay. a monopoly. One yes. company has and a I'm monopoly, merely, and I'm merely that saying that that is as broad a statement as you can be. Times they are a change. Of course, times are always changing. Uh, what I said, though, was I think for the next five years, I think we're going to be there's going to be more. You didn't say for the next five years until I just did until I just after did. I challenged them. The <laughs> first thing you said was <laughs> the brand is stronger than ever. Yes, and it's not going to. You know, it looks like it's it's here to stay. It's it's the biggest game in town. Yes, and I said it won't be like that forever. Well, yes, and I and, and I that's basically all I said. shot that down and said that is that is a such a broad stroke answer that yes, of course, nothing stays the same because they're going to bring X Men into the universe, they're going to bring Fantastic Four into the universe, they're going to bring the Marvel Netflix uh, characters potentially into the universe. I mean, there's so many things they can do. All right, getting back to the film, one of the things that I thought was so amazing about this film, and this is uh, this is brought up in uh, io9.gizmodo.com. Uh, Unlike Spider-Man Homecoming, which did a solid job of rethinking characters from the comics in new ways in order to make yet another Peter Parker-centric story feel fresh, Far From Home amps up things by cleaving ever so slightly closer to the source material, and it does so in ways both big and small. In the movie, Peter tinkers with gadgets. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that sentence actually doesn't say anything. Wait, that is the most, 
That is the most nonsense sentence I've ever heard in my life. It's a setup. It's a setup. I'm gonna read the. I'm gonna read the payoff. I understand that, but I'm just saying the sentence in and of itself is it didn't it 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 didn't set anything up. It said it said basically this other movie the the movie the, the movie that came previous yeah the new things with the character this right. movie does a couple of recognizable things with the characters. Which is a which is a contrast to what they did in Spider Man Homecoming. Yeah, in, in ways both big and small. I mean, yeah, it's like I'm going to tell you right now what they are. I'm right? just saying the sentence of itself is it sensationalized um, empty calories. It doesn't. Okay. It, it's sensationalized for the for the sake of sensationalism because it doesn't well, say anything. <laughs> it's an opening paragraph to a finely written article finally written uh in the movie peter tinkers with gadgets makes more than his fair share of dorky quips and finds himself torn between his vigilante responsibilities and his personal life he's one of the most popular avengers but he's also a hormonal teacher a teenager who's just trying to get a little downtime and hang out with his friends uh, a conflict between those two aspects of peter's identity is a big part of what makes far from home feel much more like a classic spider-man story than what homecoming was i mean for the record i liked homecoming too and i actually liked the fact that they did give you something different considering you've already had five other Spider-Man movies before this. Uh, but this one definitely felt to me like the Spider-Man I was reading as a kid. The entire movie to me felt like I was reading uh, the annuals. Remember the annuals? Which I guess they still kind of do them, but it was always like that extra bigger, st- like 48-page story that you <coughs> don't get you know, in the, in the monthly comics. That's what it felt like. It felt like I was reading a Sp- you know, Amazing Spider-Man annual with uh, introducing this cool villain Mysterio, updating him for the times, connecting him to what has come before. Uh, as I've said before, I think all of these Marvel movies, like some people are like, oh, it doesn't, you know, in the comics, she was this and, and he was that and this shouldn't, you know, this shouldn't be. And I always look at it like, no, this is the ultimate universe. Uh, I mean, in fact, looking at how good the ultimate universe was, and, and for those who don't know what the ultimate universe was, it was Marvel's uh, simultaneous reboot of their entire line back in 2000 while still keeping the classic line of comics going at the same time so it was, everything was going simultaneous i think i actually impressed myself with how i described that so in one end you had the ultimate universe which was ultimate spider-man ultimate x-men uh, the ultimates which were the avengers you know having these stories that started in the year 2000 or 99 or 2001 or whenever it was uh and they had their own continuity, but they brought in all these characters that you knew from the original, you know, comics run that started in the 60s, but updated them for our time. In some cases, gender swapped. In some cases, race swapped. In some cases, um, job swapped. You know, and again, I'm not using these terms as a negative. I'm merely saying that they, this is what they would do. Like certain characters would come in and be like, oh, this, this character was, uh, was previously this in the original universe, but now that character becomes this. And, and it was just a way to kind of, reboot everything while you know not offending the classic comic book reader um and and have these things working and i feel like the mcu is the exact same version of this um but this movie to me really it was like wow you hit all the points that make spider-man great and that's i don't know and that's to me from a story perspective too why this is so much better than avengers endgame like just so much better i, I, I don't know avengers endgame left me with so many head-scratching questions. Like, the more I think about it, like, I left Endgame thinking, that was really cool. Really great way to tie things together. I left Spider-Man Far From Home giddy. Like, excited. Like, it was, it was, there was a feeling of just like, wow, I, I got to see, you know, an original 
Spider-Man movie on screen, a new story, an annual, something that I haven't seen in a long time. And then the more I think about it, you know, even the days after, even, you know, seeing it a day later or thinking about it a day later, I'm like, wow, that was really cool. And that was really cool. I'm not going back and trying to pick it apart because there's not a lot to do with picking it apart versus Endgame where I'm kind of like, so wait, did Cap break the rules that he said he wasn't going to break? Now, why would he do that? Now, the writers think this guy went back in time, whereas the director says, no, 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 he was, he was living simultaneously with Captain America. Yeah, there's, there's a whole thing on that as well, too. I mean, did you walk Which away with sense. that kind of feeling? I mean, is that comparable to your experience or no? Which, to which movie? To, to Endgame or to Spider-Man? Both. Two different movies now. Both. I told you, I was completely satisfied with Endgame. I, don't, I didn't have an issue with it. The more you think about it, though, does it still hold up? And I know you've seen it again since then. I believe if I had an issue with it, I would tell you. Even as I think about it later. <clears throat> I'm fine with it. I don't know. What was your, what was your walkaway feeling <clears throat> from Spider-Man Far From Home then? It was good. It's a it. solid movie. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know what you really want. I don't I don't particularly like the Iron Man angle with, with Spider Man. I don't like how okay. Spider Man has to keep sharing the spotlight with Shield, with with uh with uh Nick Fury and mm-hmm. with Happy and with uh, in in the shadow of Iron Man. Sure. You know? I really wish like I get it that the Avengers are a big deal. Um, they never really they, they at least they addressed it kind of in this movie, but they, yeah. they never really addressed like, well, why are you asking me to do this when you've got superhero like serious superheroes right. like Captain Marvel and Thor? Well, he's off world, or you know, I don't want to talk right, about right, right. Marvel. Okay, all right, that, that's those things are cute. Um, you know what? The other thing didn't never worked on me. Mist- I knew Mysterio was the bad guy. Well, yeah, we all knew that. My, but, yeah. I, well, I'm, I'm, what I'm saying is, like, you know, I'm, I'm hearing in some, some other reviews, it's like, yeah, I like the way that they, you know, faked this out. It's like, who was faked out by Mysterio? Mysterio. Well, no, 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 no. Mysterio. No, no, I, I know. Go ahead. Go ahead. Yeah. But, you know, I mean, people are like, when, you know, exactly how is he going to be the bad guy? Everybody knows he's a bad guy, but right. how is he going to be the bad guy? It's like, well, that's not really a twist, you know? And they're they're making it out to be like this big reveal, and it wasn't really. So, um, there there are aspects of it. I think it's a great movie. I think I think the MCU Spider Man is great. Mm-hmm. The MCU, I don't I don't necessarily think. I don't necessarily like him in comparison to the other Spider Man. I think the other Spider Man movies were about Spider Man. They're yeah. Spider Man centric. These movies are about how do we fit the Spider-Man, the Spider-centric uh, characters in the in the MCU milieu. Mm-hmm. How do we fit them all in there and and still have his like teenage foibles and, and, and this and that? And as I said before, when we had this argument um, during Endgame, you see obviously why they turned the five years into a a, a storyline, into a solid story plot. About how you know how it's it's difficult to adjust now because we were all blinked away. Yeah, for years. But I, it could have been a year, and and you right. had the same problem. And you, huh? had the same, you have the same stories in a year. I mean, the only thing that the five years did for the in terms of context of Spider-Man: Far From Home uh, was Brad. 
Well, it, paint, it, it starts to paint it as a contact. As I said, it's going to be painted as a, as a conflict, as a dilemma that some people are going to have to do. Okay. It's, going to have, it's going to have ripple effects all through phase four. Right. And this is one of them. You know, and I don't understand. You know, uh, no, no it's, go ahead. It's it's really odd because there are some there are certain things that <laughs> there are certain things you seem to get upset about. Yeah, that that we've we've been given proof are not going to be left as uh, you know dangling uh, plot lines or plot threads. You know, there's not Marvel doesn't mm-hmm. really throw anything away. They don't really get rid of anything. They utilize just just. Uh, as this movie demonstrates with um, Mysterio's entourage, that no characters get thrown away. You know, they're, they're, everything is everything is a beat that they can use, just like the, sure. the Marvel Comics universe used to be mm-hmm. yep. um, in, in, in its heyday. So, you know, when people are like, well, this was a dumb plot point, I don't know why they did that. It's like, well, why don't you wait and see? Because obviously they're going to get to that. Obviously they've done that. For, for particular reasons, right? The answer, they answered the question in Endgame, though. The five-year thing, they answered the question. The, the answer was because they wanted to give Iron Man a daughter. That was the whole, that was it. That was the only reason they did it is five years. No, that's not the only reason. The how can reason. you say that? How, how do you say that, though? How do you say that? Because, again, you could do, what makes what, what's the arbitrary, I mean, what is the arbitrary? You can't do that. It's an ongoing story. You can't use the deductive reasoning. For an for a narrative that hasn't so you're saying you're so you're saying that the Spider-Man Far From Home just just tidied up the five-year question as to why they did five years versus other the other year. No, Michael, I'm just saying. I said it's got it's got things that will ripple will have a ripple effect. That's when you, throughout use my, when you use my full name. That's like that's like uh, when a parent does the uh, the full because name. you're because you're like I don't know if you're deliberately not listening to me or you're deliberately trying to 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 agitate the situation into an argument. I don't no, know. and actually, I still to me, I'll stand by my point that I thought five years was was too long. I know yeah. that, but you don't. I, 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 I of course, but you're only using that as, um, due to the information that you've been given. And you're judging it without without being excited about what the possibilities are going to be throughout. The, there must have been a reason why they did this, and it will it will make it itself. Will, it will make itself known. Okay, so again, in the infinite amount of time, this 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 nebulous amount of time that you've given us, we will find that answer that that it wasn't just because they wanted to give t- Tony Stark like a daughter to have. You know, oh, you know why you want whammy talk then, right? Oh, this is the most momentous thing that I've ever seen, and I don't think there's ever, ever, ever going to be anything that's ever going to beat it. We're never going to be able to defeat Disney. I don't know why Hollywood doesn't just pack it in, because, I mean, they just don't have a business model to be able to compete with it, and these movies are just nonstop blockbusters that will never quit. And after I left the theater seeing uh, Far From Home, I was elated, and I felt 20 years old again. It was the greatest thing I've ever seen. I legitimately did feel like that, though. I, I, know, yeah, I know, and that's, that's kind of like thing 12. you want to talk and you want to deal in, in stuff like that, and I get that, but I just don't, I don't view the world that way. Uh, it's I just fine. don't see that way. It's a completely that's not different true, way. No, 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 that's not true. That's not true, because if it had given you that reaction, you would say it did. It didn't, and that's fair, and that's fine. You don't have to... I know, but you keep trying to ask me, like, you keep trying to reiterate about this greatness. Like, didn't you feel great? Didn't you, I'm just surprised didn't from a story something? point of view, you're not lauding this more. Story point of view, though. I don't understand. The story, basically, is Peter wants to go to... He wants to have a vacation. He wants to be on his own. He wants to, to Mac mm-hmm. to this girl 
that he uh, and I, yes, I use an old '90s term. He wants to mack this girl that he's uh, that he's been that he I decided. Think, I, think, I think it's still relevant. I think it's still relevant. Macking. Is still he it. decided at the end of the last movie that he kind of liked, right? Yeah. So now he's got this competition with this kid who five years ago was a scrawny little nothing, and now he's yes. turned into like a you know kind of a buff you know uh, competition <laughs> for him, right? right? So. Uh, he's and they and they're using the backdrop of the you know going to the going to Europe, yeah. going to the romance uh, romantic places like Paris and Venice and right. Prague. No, and um, Prague is up you know, but that was Nick Fury's. Yeah, sure. Um, and they and and that's basically the plot. In the meantime, Shield wants him to to inexplicably deal with this other problem. Mm-hmm. While he's there, and so and and he doesn't want to do it because he wants to remain a teenager. I mean, that's a, the whole a, story. I don't yeah, know why that's. But a, from an execution point of view, you don't think? I don't know. I thought it was. I, thought, not. I thought there was no, um, there was no holes in the plot. I thought all the characters were very convincing. I thought the humor was outstanding. I laughed. A plot like that. I the, laughed. There, there are, there are kind of holes in the plot. There, there's holes in the, the scroll plot. You know, there's there's kind of like, okay, wait a minute now. Mm. So basically Nick Fury left Earth for some inexplicable reason with a, with a group of scrolls. And he left a bunch of scrolls in his place to take to to, uh, to be basically placeholders. Who are inadequate to the task, as as by their own, you know, by by their own admission, you know, in 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 the process, and it's like, okay, that's a neat surprise, but uh, which also explains why Mysterio got as far as he got, exactly, because Nick Fury would have snipped him out like immediately, exactly. But you know, okay, so well, it's funny I, you I mentioned was, that. I wasn't very impressed with Mysterio, to be honest with you. Okay. I was impressed with all he's using holograms and and these and he's and he's in you know inexplicably powerful drones, right? You know, Stark drones that can pretty much do anything under the under the guise of holographic. Imi- all right, you know, I mean, I didn't mind it. Yeah, I thought it was good, but I don't, I don't flawless. You know, like plot with no holes in it. No, it was it was very good. It's funny you mentioned that. And I'm happy that you liked it as much as you liked it. I'm glad you're happy for me. I'm not happy for you. I'm happy for the show. <laughs> but I don't I don't understand like I don't I, I don't I never get this 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 satisfaction this this uh, excuse me, obsession. Yeah. Not thinking straight because this obsession with like comparisons of this this don't, movie don't was blame so it on the cold. It's like this every huh? week. Don't blame this Nicole, movie like was this so week. much better than this other movie. I'm ignoring you. This this movie was so <laughs> wonderful that they outshines this other movie over here. It's like yeah, these all kind of work together. They're they're all a great experience in and of themselves, and this is another great piece of the puzzle. Yeah, but you know, I don't I don't really feel required to tear something down in order to to hold something else up. You know, and and you know, I look. I'm never gonna say anything was really better than because I really hated, hated, hated the first Spider-Man, the first Sam Raimi Spider-Man. I disliked it strongly, very strongly. Um, I I think it didn't really know its identity yet. 
it, it borrowed a lot from the from the very small uh, comic book genre, as, as mm -hmm. it were, as it mm -hmm. was at the moment. Even even taking Danny Elfman from Batman, you sure. know, and sure. I don't really think Danny Elfman's music really helped, really uh, complemented Spider Man too much. I had a lot of issues with it. I only the only thing I thought was was pretty good was Kristen Dunst and, oh, and Toby Fine. Yeah, I actually think I thought that she was Yeah, I know. I don't care what you think. I'm Kristen telling Dunst you what I thought. Good. Kristen Dunst was good. But anyway, but as we progress to Spider-Man 2, yeah. the reason I will never say that anything was better than that is because that movie convinced me that this that franchise was fantastic. Okay. So, I really enjoyed that franchise. I think that movie hit on a lot of personal levels. It had a lot of... It had more heart than most of the MCU movies. Mm-hmm have um and it was just it that that was my penultimate you know uh yeah. movie experience now uh, i think tom holland i i think i think these spider-mans are much better than the amazing spider-man much oh, better gosh. I, that's, by, that's, any, by any you would be fired any. you would be fired if you thought otherwise that, okay. I, <laughs> all right <laughs> I just well, wouldn't be able to look at you. Week all week. I have to do to get out of this, okay? I just wouldn't be able to look at you week after week. I think I think uh, Tom Holland is 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 a, a thousand times better. I think he's a great choice. I think he's a great compliment to the MCU. But the MCU is dominated by uh, the Avengers. The M the Avengers is dominated by basically Tony Stark. Mm -hmm. So everything is a variation on the Tony Stark story, even though Tony Stark is dead now. I would rather Spider-Man be his own man, be his so own. You, so you've got two great segues that you that you segued in. So let's 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 get right to it because you mentioned the scrolls, and that's in the end credit scene, and then you just mentioned the separating from the Tony Stark storyline, which I think this is the first uh, end credit scene dramatically does as well. Uh, Spider-Man director explains those post-credit scenes and what they mean for the MCU. Again, this is our spoiler-filled review, so if you haven't actually seen those end credits. Keep watching anyway, but just put us on mute so we get the hits. Uh, director John Watts walks IndieWire through the two game-changing post-credit scenes, both of which set the stage for more Spidey tales to come. Uh, the Marvel Cinematic Universe has never been shy about introducing game-changing elements in the post-credit scenes, but Spider-Man Far From Home runs positively wild with the possibility that an entire film, an entire franchise, can be impacted by something thrown into the middle of a credit crawl. Uh, while John Watts's Far From Home ends on an upbeat note, well-earned. Uh, they also lay the groundwork for the next chapter with a darker future for the webhead. In short, they're big, perhaps the biggest Marvel's ever offered in this format, and they're not hard not to get excited over. Uh, so John Watts talks about uh, why Nothing. he chose to do, <laughs> and uh, the first one was an old favorite returns, which is the return of J.K. Simmons as jo J. Jonah Jameson. Which is reveal, great. Which is amazing. That was, that was fantastic. It's amazing. That was, the uh, best, that was the best I felt in the entire movie. As a fast-talking YouTube personality, yes, the Daily Bugle is now a streaming outfit. Seeing Simmons back in the role he made so famous in the same Remy Spider-Man series is the best kind of shock, even if it temporarily obscures what he's actually saying. And there's always a chance that he would say no, but I always wanted that. Uh, Watts said there was maybe a brief conversation about like, oh, is there a way to reinvent what the Daily Bugle is and who J. Jonah Jameson would be, but it just felt wrong. It's got to be J.K. Uh, Simmons. Like if it wasn't him, it wasn't worth doing. Uh, both Jameson and the Daily Bugle have been reinvented for modern times, uh, and they reveal, obviously, the big reveal that uh, Mysterio 
puts out fake news that Spider-Man is responsible for the drone attack and for killing Mysterio. So it, it again, brings back that old J. Jonah Jameson hating on Spider-Man thing. Uh, I, I'm not, uh, here's my one, you know, poll that I'm actually not excited about. I'm actually not happy that they revealed his identity. I thought if they'd have just stopped with Spider-Man was responsible for killing Mysterio, that was enough for me. Um, just because the whole like losing the secret identity thing at this point to me, I don't know if it has as much weight as it, as it should. I wonder, I don't know. I mean, what are your thoughts on that? Okay. When you say it doesn't have enough weight as it should, what are you talking about? What do you mean? I love the, I love the notion of Spider-Man being hunted by the cops. I love the notion of Spider-Man being hunted by someone, something greater. I love the idea of the public turning on Spider-Man. I don't, there really was only one Peter Parker as Spider-Man that I can recall in the last 20 years storylines. And that took place during civil war in the comics where Spider-Man reveals it. And he had to go to the lengths of a deal with Mephisto uh, in Spider-Man one more day. Was it one more day? I think it was with the, the Casada uh, arc that he did where Mephisto basically had to rewind time so that people would not know that Peter Parker was Spider-Man. My, my point being is it takes a lot to put that cat back in the bag. <clears throat> and so I kind of wish they kind of hadn't opened it. Just having Spider-Man be hated <clears throat> would be enough for me. Oh, okay. But I mean, what do you mean doesn't have a, it? It doesn't have enough weight. Uh, again, it puts it takes a lot to put the cat back in the bag, and the fact that a secret identity is revealed, also considering he's an Avenger anyway, uh, there wasn't enough buildup in his personal life at Peter Parker. Uh, they kind of blew that if you're talking about a plot hole because <clears throat> Hap, in, in, you know, basically outs Peter Parker in, in the midst just for the sake of a joke. And they're all sitting there admitting things and he tells a whole group of people only... Right, right, right. Uh, you know, only two of which actually know about Peter. Right. That he's in love with Peter, Peter Parker's aunt. Right. All they have to do is see him with uh, Aunt May and that blown. Right. right? So... They kind of ruin that just for a joke. Yeah, I, I think that's my point. I don't, I, we don't need the world at large because I think most people, the world at large, would be like, well, I don't know who Peter Parker is. What does that mean? I mean, I know it means it'll be in more intense scrutiny on him. <coughs> He's going to have to disprove this point. He's going to have to... Yeah, but it's the Iron Man thing again. That's what I was talking about before. Mm-hmm. About like the I am Iron Man at the end where he just reveals yeah. that that's, he doesn't have a secret identity. That right. MCU doesn't really see, seem to dig secret yeah. identities all too much true no so you know that's that's another aspect of it that i was like well that's okay. my point i don't i didn't i didn't need it i didn't need that to oh, be a yeah. bombshell what do you, what you need <laughs> what, is, what, is, what, is, what you need all i care about is what i need all right yeah but i mean Second. yeah talking in stories in the sense of need i don't know about the need i don't know about i don't know about that term i don't i don't know if i understand that term very well but okay. you know, i understand what you're saying sort of ish it's Second credit scene. You said it was perfect with no plot holes, and we just we just found two, very strong ones. What one. was the first one? <clears throat> um, well, one particular plot hole is the J.K. Simmons as J. Jonah, J. Jonah Jameson. Is it a plot hole? Well, does that mean that does that mean that the other Spider-Man is part of the multiverse? 
Oh, let's not even get into that. That's, oh, yeah. That's a head scratcher right off the bat. Because they, they, they kind of introduced the multiverse, even though they said it was a lie, but then Kevin Feige says, no, but we're really going to go into the multiverse for Phase 4. Um, so, in, in his interviews, in separate interviews. That, but that's outside, uh, that's outside the context of the film. I'll take what's inside the context of the film and say it is a lie right now. With well, the possibility that it might not. You just, you've been talking about everything that's been outside the context of the film. People, you know, reactions and the reasons why people are doing things. No, and I wait a minute. So, uh, so I bring that up and now it doesn't count because it's outside the context. All right, never mind. Um, <laughs> I think you're starting to figure out how this works. Yeah, really. It's the illusion of fairness, a la Stranger yeah. Things 3. Uh -huh. uh, see what I did there? Uh -huh. Ooh, segue into next week's show when we do our Stranger Things 3 review. Uh, Nick Fury needs And, and also the other plot hole is Hap. You know, Hap basically outing Spider-Man, which, which is nonsense to me. I don't know why that would happen. In the context of that, I can, write, I can justify that in my head, though, that no one yeah, knows what nonsense. he was kind of talking about. It's nonsense. Yes. Because if you're worried I, I about agree. that. I, I agree. They, he also thinks he's going to die. I mean, there's, there's, there's at least – I could sit there and I can no. kind of brush that no. off. No, he's a, he's, a, he's a member of the secret organization of the, of the Stark, you know, industries. You know, he's, he's been in this thing since the beginning. Right. He knows the gravity of these things. Right. You know? And he's been dealing with Nick Fury. He's been dealing with uh, S.H.I.E.L.D., what right. You, what you don't see in that movie, though, and there's a, it was a hidden scene. Oh, so we are he, taking things outside of actually, the context, right? Is that he actually he kills all four of those kids. Uh huh. Yeah. Like you don't even you don't even see. He's like, oh, I messed up. Blum, 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 blum. Done. Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah which, is, which is inexplicable. Another plot hole. Zendaya <laughs> and the rest of his friends were still there at the end of the story. Really? Well, they're they're from the multiverse. It's mm -hmm. it's, it's a whole multiverse. Oh, no. thing. We don't, ex we don't accept the existence of the multiverse because that's outside of the, 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 the confines of the movie. Do you remember that podcast right before like Infinity War where we had no idea, or maybe it was after I forget, where we just basically just made up crap for like 45 minutes straight? It was actually it was, it was probably our most impressive episode. Uh, <laughs> the second end credit scene, because we're, we're running, we're running, we're pushing up against the clock here. Uh, Nick Fury needs a vacation too, uh, and Watts says, I think about... Uh, Far From Home is a con man movie. There's so many layers of deception throughout the whole movie that it just felt right to do one last little reveal, one last little twist at the very end. It all felt on theme. The final twist is a potent and funny one, but just like the first post-credits tag, it comes with big implications uh, for the future and for the past. When the scene opens, we're on a sunny beach and Marvel's most high-strung stickler is kicking back for some much-needed R&R. That's Nick Fury. Like Peter, he's clearly been in desperate need of a vacation, but the second the beach scene fades away, like so much of the film's biggest twists. It's all a simulation. It's clear Fury has been enjoying the relaxing life for a while. After I saw Captain Marvel and saw Fury's origin story in that film, it just made sense. We've learned so much more about Nick Fury now that Captain Marvel has come out. It felt like the right thing to do. It was a, on theme as a con, but it was also on theme as like everyone needs a vacation. Uh, so they get the question that everyone has is whether or not... Why is he vacationing with the scrolls, though? Yeah, and I mean, why is he out there? I guess obviously he's not really on vacation. He just needed to get off Earth potentially. When did that happen? Uh, these are all things, though, that will be addressed. So oh. I'm not, I'm not actually oh. concerned. Oh, the five-year oh. thing is not going to be addressed. It's not, yeah. I'm telling you, it's not going to be addressed. It was addressed. It's already been addressed. And it will be addressed more. I'm telling you, it's going to keep coming up. It's, it's going to keep, keep coming up. up as a. 
uh, as people's reactions to it, it's not going to come. It's not coming up as a as a uh, uh, as a as a plot twist down the line. Like yes, over the next ten years, five years. Ago. No, they. I mean, they basically just waited five years, and then eventually, Ant Man came out five years later. I don't, there's no. There's no dramatic. Why would you say that concern. after after the last ten years of movies and the intricacies of storytelling? Why would you just decide that they were going to throw a plot line in there and not follow the thread through? I will, make, I will make. Decision? I will make a decision based off of what? Based off of what metrics are you are you making that hypothesis? What what analysis? I will make a bet with you. I'm not making a bet. In I'm five, asking you, where are you getting that from? I'm getting it from the fact that I just truly you just thought it was hunch. stupid, and you can't get past the fact that you think it's stupid. Oh, I, de- I definitely think it's stupid. Yes, I'm very angry. That's all. That's that's the only. That, and you don't see it. But if so they, you know, since you don't see it, they're not going to come back with anything, dude. Come on, there is sense. no way. There is no way. I'm telling you right now. In the next five years of of Marvel films, Phase Four of Marvel films, five years is not going to play a significant role in any of the upcoming films. Mark my words. In the next five years, and I'll make a bet with you. So this is a five year bet, okay? Oh, I'll so say it's the next ten years. So, it, well. See, that's, that's what I'm saying. I'm giving a context of five years. The next five years of movies, it will not that's come not up. That's not fair because if, if it doesn't happen in five years, but it happens in six, you still claim you won. I'm not – I'm saying it's going to follow – I will go ten years. I will say in ten years, it will not – I say it's going to come to for some kind of fruition. It's going okay. to have some kind of ripple effect that we cannot see because it's a, it, was, it was a very deliberate plot point. Okay. You don't make deliberate plot points like that All without right. having some right. significant outcome. You heard it. You heard it here first, folks. All right. When we come back, a very far from home centric spin the racks. You ever seen like the old men at the Starbucks? Like they have their little like. I don't go to Starbucks. Oh, I do. I'm, I work you know, at I'm a man. It's fantastic. And uh, <laughs> they just have these old men clubs, and they just sit around and talk about the good old days. That's why I don't go into Starbucks. <laughs> it's a creepy sausage fest <laughs> on on caffeine. Secrets of the sire. Welcome back to Secrets of the Sire. Secrets of the Sire is brought to you by all of our beloved patrons. Go to patreon.com slash secrets of the sire, S-I-R-E. Like us on Facebook and please also go to YouTube and subscribe to our channel. But we've got Craig Caruso. We've got Einar Peterson, Matt Beyer, Omar Morales. We've got Stephanie Dolce, Christina Dolce. And welcome back to the fold, Mr. Brian Phillips and Steve Hovecki, who are back being extraordinary patrons for us. We love you and miss you and thank you and can I think of anything else? No. Uh, before we get to spin the racks, I threw out that question on Facebook. Uh, so again, go to facebook.com slash secrets of the slire. <laughs> Spider-Man Far From Home greater than Avengers Endgame. And this was the response. Casey Straws, ridiculous. Avengers Endgame is the greatest movie made in the history of mankind. Uh, Michael Capstan, uh, in a lengthy post, Explain why Avengers Endgame was better than Spider-Man Far From Home. <coughs> Thor, Thorne McGee, former wizard guy as well, too. No, it's not better than Avengers Endgame, but it was way better than I expected. One of the best MCU movies yet. Finally, some, some sense being talked in from Tom Hutchinson from Big Dog Inc. As a whole, totally true. Endgame's ending, however, is the reason the film succeeds. It's a wrap-up of 10 years of continuity. Hard to beat that outright, but as a structured film, 100% Spider-Man wins. That's it. It's a better film. See? Done. 
structure structure wins out now right we're talking structure we all structure always makes uh makes the the grade when we're talking about movies from your perspective yes really funny because when i talk about structure and i say structure wise this movie is kind of perfect i always get rebuke because of other things that are wrong with the particular film yes yeah Yes. But as far as when you're doing it, as long as it's, as long as your bullshit metrics work, we'll keep going <laughs> with it. I <laughs> look, go back. It's on the videotape. It's all totally fair. All right, we do this every week. We go spinning the racks. Spin the rack. Spin the rack. Win, win. If Spider-Man: Far From Home doesn't make a billion dollars. Sony breaks free of the Marvel Studios deal. Uh, this is from SlashFilm.com. The specifics of major Hollywood contracts are notoriously difficult to ascertain. However, uh, a new report has uncovered a Spider-Man contract stipulation which would allow Sony to wriggle out of its deal with Marvel Studios and once, gives, once again give Spidey's original studio home full autonomy over the character's cinematic adventures. Uh, in a recent edition of journalist Richard Rushfield's entertainment newsletter, The Ankler, Rushfield peels back the secretive curtain of the deal and speculates that uh, if the original Sony Marvel Spidey deal to co-produce these movies stipulated that if this Spidey, this one, doesn't clear a billion, uh, or if it does, Marvel will get to oversee a third film. If it does not, full control will be reverted back to Sony. To be clear, Spider-Man Far From Home has not yet crossed the billion-dollar mark, but with, an opening, with the fact that it's already made over $600 million in its first week, it's practically a guarantee that it will cross the coveted billion-dollar threshold, and we will get a third sequence of this. Um, meanwhile, Tom Holland revealed back in 2016 he was on board for three solo Spider-Man films and three appearances in other MCU movies. We've already seen him in Civil War, Homecoming, Infinity War, Endgame, and now Spider-Man Far From Home. So the good news, we will most likely get an MCU Spider-Man film. It'll be with Tom Holland. The bad news is, much like Hassan said, could be coming to an end. Uh, my question to you, though, Hassan, wh- why, if you're Sony, would you do this? Why would you? Why would you tempt fate? I don't think they would. I think even if they did, if they came in under, I don't think Sony would. That'd be ridiculous. I mean, obviously, Sony's attempt at Spider-Man was a. I, it wasn't a disaster. They made money off of those two amazing Spider-Man movies, but they were not. They're not. They're not. A good addition good. To the, into their library of Spider-Man uh, production, right? They are quickly so, forgotten. They're not forgotten, but they're. they're I, I'm, I'm, I, by me, I'm trying to forget it as well, much. Well, yeah, don't speak for me. But anyway, um, <laughs> the, I, I, I think they would be kind of foolish. They did get very lucky with um, Venom. And yeah. I think maybe they, they might be riding on that high, but I think it would be. I, I think. I don't think they're that dumb to say, "Oh, it's ours again." <laughs> I don't. I don't even. I don't even know if uh, they would get Holland with that. You know, would they get? No, they certainly no. wouldn't get Holland. They wouldn't get. They wouldn't get happy. They wouldn't get the the the. the no, it would, be a compl- it would be a complete. So it would be them rebo- rebooting it all over again. Yes. They're going for a fifth reboot. You know, it's like, yeah. no, no, this is not. I don't think audiences would. You know, say you know, there's some somewhere in some studio in, in Hollywood. Some guys like, 
think it would just make more sense if we just owned it and just did whatever we want with it. So of course it does. And that's, I think that know, just makes more sense. I think people want more reboots. They, they love reboots. Yeah. We, I think, I think it would be off of, off of the, the last two amazing Spider-Mans. I think that would be such an astronomically dumb decision that <laughs> even, even Sony wouldn't do it. Put your money on it, folks. Five years from now, <laughs> we will be seeing this. Uh, that, is my, that is my estimation, because no matter how dumb an idea it sounds, there's not an idea dumb enough. Someone won't. Well, I mean, the other, the other side of it is, is why I'm saying the bubble's going to burst, because now everything has to be a billion dollars. Every one of these things has to come out and make a billion dollars, or it's a waste of time. Mm-hmm. And that's and that's people are starting to say that. I mean, they're talking about uh, like you know Ant Man. We're not going to do Ant Man anymore. Uh, you know, they make a billion dollars. You know, they they make six hundred million dollars. Wow, a movie about Ant Man made six hundred million dollars worldwide, and that's a flop as far as yeah. they're concerned. Yeah, that's nonsense. That's insane. Yeah. That's insane, and that's why it's unsustainable. You know what's uh, what's insane? Mad Magazine. Mad Magazine to stop publishing new content. Iconic humor publication Mad Magazine is saying goodbye to newsstands, according to a person familiar with the situation. Starting with issue 10, which goes in sales in October, the magazine will be available only in comic book stores and mailed directly to subscribers. As of number 11, Mad will no longer publish new original content with the exception of end-of-year specials. Uh, So we are slowly seeing a shrinking of the publishing market, it's a ironically, it's a Warner Brothers property. Uh, DC has lately been shrinking their publications down in terms of number of publications. Uh, this is this is this 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 doesn't sound too good, right? There's no no good, no good, no good. Anything ending is not good usually. Anything that's been a like an icon. Yeah, this has been a staple in our lives for I don't know how many years since 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 ever. Yeah. You know, since before we were born. You know, not good. It's too bad. I, I remember get- Mad Magazine. I remember you know reading them in in uh, when I was in Catholic school when I was in like fourth grade. You know? I was a big I Cracked fan. I liked Cracked. I didn't like Cracked. I got one of my I got one of my drawings published there. I thought Cracked was a was a was a rip off of Mad Magazine. It was like it yeah. was like the monsters compared to. <laughs> oh, please, you're yeah. right. You're right. But I got published in Cracked, so that's why I like Cracked. Well, better. that's that explains a lot. All <laughs> right. Let us know what you think. Obviously, uh, hit us up. Please subscribe to our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash secrets of the sire. We're over 500 subscribers. We want to get keep going higher and higher. Uh, next week, we get to do our spoiler-filled review of Stranger Things 3. Amazing. Is it a return to form or is it lost in the upside down? Plus, we preview San Diego Comic-Con. Yours truly will be in attendance for a couple days, and I'll tell you how I can make tons of money by being there. It's, it's wonderful. You care. Everyone cares. We'll see you next week. Secrets of the Sire.